I am the light of the world, the second of Jesus' I am statements from John chapter 8 and verse 12. From listening to what Sam was saying last week, we're looking at what does Jesus say about himself? Because if we want to know who Jesus is, we need to know what he actually is claiming about himself. So, I'm just going to read a couple of verses to start with. John chapter 8, verses 12 and 13. Again Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. So what we have here is first the statement, and then an immediate comeback from those round about him. So those really are the two aspects I want to look at. What is actually Jesus claiming here? What's he talking about? And then what's the response which comes to it? I think if you look at the history of religion, you will find that the concept of light comes up all over the place. But of course, Jesus isn't just talking about light in a sort of a general religious context. He's talking it in the context of the people he's with, of the Jews. And so, if we want to get the first idea of where light comes, we actually need to go right back to the start of the Bible. And Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. Following. So I'm going to read those verses. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So, at the beginning, there's nothing. There's sort of a nothing kind of nothing. Not sort of our kind of nothing, which is just a sort of a, a little bit of nothing. There's an absolute nothing. It's sort of, and that nothing, if you like, is a bit chaotic. Okay? Verse 3. And John, sorry, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. When you think about it, this is saying that light is pretty important on at least two different levels. Firstly, light is the first thing God creates. Secondly, it's all he does in the first day. If you look through Genesis at what happens in day six, there's stuff spewing out all over the place. But it takes a whole day to do light. Interestingly, if you look at a Big Bang theory of how the world gets to where it is now, the first thing that would say you would get out of nothing is light. 
Now, whether you believe a Big Bang theory or not is not particularly relevant. But from what we can see of the scientific evidence, light is where it started. So, what we have here, when Jesus says he is the light of the world, he is saying that ultimate, you know, he is where the ultimate things come from. In fact, it also implies to the extent that he is the creator. We get that expanded in the New Testament in Hebrews in chapter 1, where at the end of the second verse, it tells us of the Son, of Jesus, that he was the one who created the world. And he's the one who, at the end of verse 3, upholds the universe by the word of his power. So when Jesus is saying he is the light of the world, there's a bit of an implication in what he says to his hearers, because obviously this is written after the time when Jesus said this, that he is involved in creation. There's an immediate element that he's claiming to be God, which is one reason why you get this immediate comeback from the people he's talking to, from the Pharisees, because they recognise what he's actually claiming. As I say, at that point, it's a bit implied. If you go into the middle of the Old Testament, in Psalm 27, we find in one of David's psalms, in Psalm 27, in verse 1, he says there, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The word used for Lord there is the one which describes God. No, in a lot of Bibles it will be printed in capital letters. So we're saying, God is my light in the Psalms. Jesus saying, I am the light. He's not making a small claim here. He's making a massive claim about who he is. And we find this also in John's Gospel. Because right at the beginning, in the first few verses of John, in John chapter 1, where, if you like, John is giving an introduction to try and draw in people from the Greek culture in which he's living at that time. And so he uses concepts which they would associate uh, with deity in that. And so he talks about uh, the logos in Greek, which is sort of translated word in most English translations, but it has a much more active meaning than just word. It's like it's the word which produces effects, the word which uh, causes action. But also, in these early verses, again, he talks about light. So in the first chapter of John's Gospel, in verses 4 and 5, he says this, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. 
And then in verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So here John is using the concept of light, which comes up in lots of different religious contexts in relation to knowledge and understanding. But notice what John does. He very quickly, he doesn't leave it as a sort of vague religious concept. He immediately brings it into the person of Jesus. And I think when we think of, come to look at what Jesus is saying about himself, you know, he's not teaching us, if you like, general religious truths. He's not teaching us, if you like, philosophy. It's very personal. This is who he is. He is the one who brings claims you've got to react to, as I think Sam mentioned last week. You know, when some people stopped following Jesus and he asked the disciples, are you going to give up on me as well? And Peter says, well, well, who else is there to go to? You are the one who has the truth. So Jesus is saying through this that he is God. He's saying that light, which the whole universe depends on, is all ultimately tied up in him. So, a claim like that requires a response. And as I was reading, immediately he said that. In a sense, Jesus doesn't get a chance here to explain what he means. Although, as I say, I think the people hearing him understood the majority of what he meant from the context they were in. You know, the attack comes in straight away. Well, what right have you got to say this? And I think in understanding what is happening at this point, we need to remember something, which I, when I was reading in, uh, around this, something, a comment made by uh, Tom Wright, which is the name he uses when he's writing stuff for average people like me to understand. And uh, No, I'm not. But anyway, you know what I mean. <laughs> he's aiming at getting to, to everyone when he's writing this sort of thing. He's also, of course, uh, Professor, the Right Reverend, N.T. Wright, etc., etc. He's an academic by training. But the point he makes, Jesus is not talking in, to academics at this point. Jesus is not having a theological discussion about theological truths where people are trying out different ideas. Where he's talking here is during is at the temple during the uh, festival of, uh, feast of booze, festival of tabernacles. Different phrases are used uh, to translate it. It was one of the big festivals at Jerusalem where they remembered the time they'd been in the wilderness. So therefore, they built booths to live in to camp out for a while to remember that they'd, as a people, they'd spent forty years in the wilderness. And one of the things which they did at the temple is they had massive lights which lit up the whole city. Because one of the things which happened in the wilderness is you had the pillar of light which led them, at, which was there at night. So 
He's talking in a context where light is a critical thing. He's talking in a context where there are massive crowds there. So, in this sort of context, he is having to... In fact, also, he's talking in a context where his life is at risk. In the previous chapter, the, some of the leaders had sent troops to go and arrest Jesus, but they had sort of uh, changed their minds when they saw how people were acting to him and went back. So it was a period of high tension, a period of high conflict. So you get, I'm not going to go through the whole discussion as to uh, when Jesus is talking about, well, what right has he got to say this? You can find that in the next part of chapter 8. But what we find at the end of that section, in verse 30, it says the following. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. So, we've got a situation where there's a lot of conflict, a lot of attack on him, but even while that is going on, people are listening to what he's saying, and we're told that many then believe in him. Now, are these people different from the ones who, if you like, uh, Sam was talking about last week, who believed in him when they saw a miracle and they got bread? And when Jesus challenged them and started saying, well, actually, I'm not around, basically around here just to give you a bit of physical bread, they then decided, well, if we're not getting a meal today, might as well go somewhere else. So are these people, obviously, in a sense, these people who've believed in him haven't believed in him because they've seen a miracle happen. They, though they might have seen some of the miracles earlier, they've now believed in him because they've heard what he said. They've heard what he's claimed about himself. Are they going to be any hold on any more than the other people did? And going on into verse 31... Jesus says to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So he's telling the people who believed in him, he is the one who's going to set them free. Now, we then have an issue with what happens after this. Because what we find happening immediately after this, in verse 33, it says, They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you'll become free? So we have the question, are we talking about the same people? And if you read commentaries on that, different people come up with different solutions. Because they're almost looking at it just at a superficial bit. You've got these people who've said, they put decided to, in verse 30, they believed in him. Jesus talks to them in verses 31 and 32. And by verse 33, they're getting a bit... Uh, up a tea with him. I think 
the, from what I'm reading around it, it seems the most likely bit is that when you get to 33, when people saying we haven't, you know, saying we're not slaves, how dare you say we need to be set free, are probably the people round about. Because you've got to remember that when Jesus was talking, it's not these people believed in him, it's not a case that he's now got them in a side room doing some counselling of them after they've made a decision type concept. It's still going on in the great bit. But it is possible some of them were people who had put their, you know, believed what he said and their reaction was, how dare you say that we're not free? Because this is the thing which happens with Jesus being the light. We're not talking about Jesus, if you like, just, you know, sometimes... uh, I was thinking about trying to do a sort of a physical demonstration in here, but then realised, one, you can't black out the windows, really, and two, to turn these lights out, you have to wait about 20 minutes for them to come back on again. So I don't think everybody would appreciate it later. So, but, you know, if, it, if we... Just do a thought experiment with me. If you had a totally blacked-out room here, and I lit a candle... Would the light look bright? Yeah. Because you've got a candle light in darkness. If I lit a candle now, would it look bright? No. Because there's, you'd see it, there's an awful lot more light round about. But also, have you come across these sort of hyper-powerful torches? Which almost seem about as powerful as a searchlight sort of thing put one of them on, you get an extremely intense light. When Jesus is saying he's the light of the world, he's not like a little candle, which is just giving us something nice to focus on and think about Jesus being the light of the world. He is an intense light, which is shining into... For there's no crooks or crannies which are hidden from his light. And therefore it exposes things in us which we would either rather keep hidden. It exposes things in us which uh, we just assume and don't really think about. Because after all, would you want to be told you're not free? Now, you could argue that the Jews in the time of Jesus weren't really free because they were under the Roman Empire. Now, this is not what I'm going to say now, put it in a modern context, it's not intended as a comment on the coming referendum. But would you say you're free now? Some people argue either way. The fact we're part of the EU does not necessarily mean that we don't feel free. Whatever you feel about the EU. And in a similar way for the Jews then. Okay, the Roman Empire was there, but in terms of everyday rule, it was done locally. So you wouldn't necessarily feel that you were enslaved. 
And I think they had an attitude which I think is very much similar to a, I'd say, an English. Uh, I've been sort of reading a bit of stuff about ancient English history around the Doomsday Book and so on recently, just a book which happened to come my way. And actually, this author ties back, if you like, your Englishman's concept of being free, a free individual. He would tie back to even before the Doomsday Book, over a thousand years back. But it's interesting, when Engels was working with Marx on developing communist Marxist theory, he recognised that English people had a different concept of who they were from other people in Europe. There was this very strong individualism, which you got in England. I don't think he was commenting particularly on Wales and Scotland, so uh, he was looking uh, in the English context, and which you didn't get on mainland Europe. In fact, you go back just over 100 years, there was a big reaction in this country against the creation of county police forces because we were free Englishmen and you did not want a European police state in this country. You know, there's that kind of attitude. Now, most of us will have that kind of attitude inbuilt into us. When Sam and I were chatting earlier this week, he commented something which I would, would have said for myself as well. You know, the moment somebody tells you to do something, you almost want to do the opposite. Right? Because you're not going to have somebody else tell you what to do, even if deep down you know it is actually the right thing to do. But if you're going to do it, you're going to do it because you want to, not because somebody tells you to. I can see lots of nodding heads going off. Right? Well, that is a deep cultural thing for us. So when Jesus shines his light on us, as he shone it on the people there, and says, you need to be set free, our cultural reactions say, free? I'm not slave. I'm a free, blue-blooded Englishman, or whatever you might want to call yourself. You know, it's a challenge to who we are. And so we actually need to recognise that when Jesus shines his light on us, it's a challenge to our lives. Now this is one of these sermons, when I was preparing it, you know, it was uncomfortable. Because I was thinking, yeah, I need to say that. And then of course immediately, God starts, Jesus starts shining the light on a few things in my life. And I think, well, actually, no, I don't want to change those. I'm quite comfortable with where I am. But if Jesus is the light of the world, he knows the truth as here, and that truth will set us free. But actually, we often want to be stay enslaved because we're actually quite comfortable with being enslaved. Obviously, I'm not going to go on to some of the later things. Because obviously, if Jesus being like the world, which is true, is the case, if he wasn't also a God of love, it would be truly frightening. So we need to look at all, these other, all the other aspects of God's character and nature as well.
because a light which shines into any aspect of our life and we can't hide from it if it's not coming out of love is horribly threatening so we need to know who Jesus is across the whole bit of uh, that but we do need to think you know, these people, some of the people listening to Jesus believed in him some responded with saying well how dare you say we're not free we've got to decide for ourselves how do we respond when Jesus flags things up in our lives fortunately for us he doesn't shine the full being of the intensity on us all the time on everything but he will shine his light on different aspects of our lives and each time he does that we've got that choice to make how are we going to respond are we going to say no or are we going to allow him to change us and I think the again one of the good things about knowing Jesus is that he doesn't give up on us we might say no at one point but it doesn't mean that he won't come again and encourage us and see us through but it is a choice we have to make Next week, I'll be going on, I think, to look at Jesus being the door and the gate. And then after that, I think it's uh, on the Good Shepherd. You know, so with Jesus being the Good Shepherd, which we're coming to, we know that we are safe with him. But that doesn't stop that time when the light shines on us and our response is not to let the light shine because of who we are, because of our nature. Fortunately, through God's Holy Spirit, he can see us through those things. But it is a time where we need to respond. Right, if the band would like to come up. I don't want to leave this as a rather sort of a down thing, but it, in many ways, it's a glorious thing. Because actually we are safe when Jesus reveals stuff. And therefore we know that anything he reveals to us and about ourselves are things which he wants to deal with for our good. So 